Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for the 1st of August 2022. We've made it to August, everybody. Oh, well, I'm recording I haven't, but here's, here's hoping. Yeah, it is a very, what's the word, shrunken harvest in terms of days cutting. We're going to have a 12-week harvesting period constricted into five weeks, and the pressure is extremely intense on lorries, on storage, available storage. And people who've invested in storage are wise And the issue with movement is added to by broken promises. People, I'll pay you this to move it by then. And then they go back and they don't give you deliveries or they don't come and collect it. And then more importantly, they then stick, oh, have you not read our terms and conditions? It's 50p carry to next month. Ooh. Anyway, so, you know, if you deal with little companies, they're a little bit fairer than that is all I will add. So, old seed rape's gone up. Sort of the drought in Europe affecting the soil and sunflower crops, and the states are suffering. It's, yes, it's dry in the states as well. The harvest largely in East Anglia is over with that. There's still some movements being tidied up. Our stores are absolutely round. We couldn't get as many tons into our stores, which is as much to do with the dryness of the seeds. And we, yeah, so as you push the stuff up the heap, the angle of repose is, is 30 degrees instead of 45. So it's harder to push it up. And it's running very, and this, this applies to wheat and barley as well. So that's been an issue. That's not helped the situation. And the yields have been really good. So a very, very good crop. Rape at the moment is crop of the year, although one or two people are arguing that some of the wheat are crop of the year. So value for rape is around 530 Eight, something like that so it's quite a jump up feed wheat feed wheat is going up at the moment i think the leader of the pack is corn the french as i discussed a few weeks ago and they all teased me on my Eurostar visit french looked very dry i went to italy and they're exceptionally dry as well we know europe is definitely suffering and the corn crop is out there trying very hard to do its best but it's straining against a whole load of temperatures that don't suit growing conditions and now we've got the USDA confirming the doing grain report from three weeks ago so it's good to know they listen to the doing grain podcast but there is a problem with the corn crop which seems to have turned a corner on the charts so little uh, technical types can see a line that's been crossed a change in the direction of the trend possibly and it does seem to be in the mood to be going up at the moment perhaps it's not ready for a completely shooting to the stars but if the dry weather in the states kind of evolves like it could do i think that one is the one that's going to lead us out of the lower prices in the meantime the uk has a very specific problem there is a big wheat crop from strong or medium lands and that big wheat crop means we can put more tons in each silo We've got a silo here that in a bad year will take 2,100 tonnes and we've got in it 2,400 tonnes. That's purely down to kilo weight, which is averaging, you know, around the 79 to 81 range. 
which is brilliant news and the quality of it is superb, which in itself could well lead to opportunities later on in terms of premiums maybe, although the futures price relative to the ex-farm price is incredibly high at the moment. So the issue for wheat is the immediate harvest movement. There are very, there's no boats and there's very few people actually buying it. Now with that in mind, we've got stores that we're filling, but there's only like the South Pickenham a sort of Swaffham store that we're filling. We've got a diddy bit of space up at Holcombe and we've got a bit of space at Horningham, but not much. And that isn't going to take very long to fill those up, I think, at this rate. You can't get overconfident about that as a merchant because you, you, you don't want to say, oh, we're full, and then, you know, you don't end up buying the stuff. So we are still bidding in the marketplace. And certainly extra capacity at South Pickenham, we've still got plenty of space there. But I think all of the other stores are going to be very, very tight. And there aren't many other people who are able to actually do what we're doing. And as I understand it, that the biggest player has got his stores, but largely the commitment he's got from farm is going to take up the space that he's got available. So there won't be much wheat that you can actually move in a hurry if you need to. And it's, it's fine sitting in the yard while it's not raining, but if it rains and something goes wrong, it starts to get a bit of a problem, doesn't it? So I do see UK wheat perhaps pulling in a different direction in the next week as the pressure begins to build on movements. Because bearing in mind that several people haven't moved their winter barleys yet, and they're certainly not moving their spring barleys yet, we're only just getting into that. We've actually just sent a text out regarding spring barley. Because it's been such a relaxed harvest, we've been sitting back and saying, oh, well, we'll cut it next week maybe. But all of a sudden there's rain on the horizon, and I am a little nervous being old enough to remember these terrible moments. You've got 12 to 13% moisture grain in the field with a warm weekend coming up and then rain on Sunday. And in East Anglia, purely East Anglia, and I just... If it is now fit and it is that dry, it, and it's almost like steep conditions, so I'm nervous. I'm talking it up early. All the stuff delivered up to Sunday into our stores is going to be fine. The first stuff Monday morning is going to be fine because it won't be cut on Sunday because it's raining. But after then, when we start getting dry again and people get going again, I think all merchants and monsters are going to be looking very closely at the resultant crop to see whether any damage has been done or whether the poor little grain has given up the ghost in the sort of swelling rain moment which we'll have to you'll know about it on monday morning more than this i'm, I'm ahead of the game in terms of talking about it but as a grown-up you have to look account for these things as if it's lost it's split or it's pre-germed or it's done something that it can't so contracted at the moment a bit of moisture makes it swell up and then it'll contract again sometimes those little seeds can't take it and if they split they split that is the end of their germinative skills what else right okay so leading on to milling wheat premiums on wheat i think are looking good and there's certainly some keenness from the millers the reports coming out of europe are basically saying that the proteins in germany they've got a regime where you can only put so much nitrogen on and they're all moaning about it obviously the proteins on their wheats have dropped so there's a bigger premium for higher protein wheats and the uk wheats potentially could have some very high proteins so i do think milling premiums are actually going to stay firm or will be good this year so don't don't rush into that one our underlying view on wheat with this corn story I've been talking about is that, all right, there'll be some pressure whilst people can't move things and people have to sell it. And there'll be some hedging, which may well take the UK price down a bit. But underlyingly, I think the mood is swinging round back into a bullish time. So I think if the feed base is going to go up and the milling premiums are not going to be undermined by German imports because they haven't got an excess of milling wheat with a high protein, very possibly the miller might start being even nicer to you than they already are. 
So that just leaves me with feed barley. I think that one's hit the bottom. The winter feed barley in this little corner's finished. It yielded okay. The price at the bottom was 210x. And I don't think it's going to stay down there. I think there's one or two export cargo inquiries coming in and it feels like the barn doors are shut on that. The only thing that could possibly help bring in some more feed barley to be traded is the weather doing something terrible to the swing barley crop and i really would prefer that not to happen so yep classic harvest stuff biggest most incredibly contracted harvest ever and you've got to appreciate anyone who's keeping their cool in this environment is worth spending your time with or trading with and the the guys that lose the plot yeah you know we've all got pressure we've all got stress we certainly don't need to do that to each other so with that my calm and happy friends have a very lovely week and you can listen to me now talking to a molster adrian deiter from muntons came up to look at some samples and poor bugger noticed the recording equipment on the table so there you go there's a warning if you come to visit me at the wrong moment thanks for listening thank you for listening please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours the Aylsham show is back bank holiday monday the 29th of august the central theme of this year's show is highlighting Norfolk's importance as a primary food producer. Visitors will find something that caters to all tastes. Animal exhibitions and competitions, main ring displays, classic cars and agricultural vehicles, plus an extensive food and cookery zone, all in the beautiful surrounding of Blickling Park. The Aylsham Show, Bank Holiday Monday the 29th of August. We look forward to seeing you there. Right, this week you've heard the phrase hijack. Uh, we've had a good friend of mine, Adrian Dieters, turned up on site to look at our samples and have a chat with us. So, Adrian, good morning. Morning to you, Andrew. And I have literally thrust the microphone in your hand and hijacked you, haven't I? Absolutely. And you're pretending you don't mind. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so you come up from deeper Suffolk to have a look at Norfolk. Your impressions, we've just stood in the yard, we've had a little look at a trailer tipping. How do you feel about harvest now, this second? Looking quite positive, yes. A good outcome, really. Given the weather we've had, Mm -hmm. then the crops look well and plenty of potential, I think, for the malting industry, hopefully. Yeah, well, I mean, the dynamic of two days ago, if you'd walked in the yard, there's a sample came in at 61 retained and he went back to the farm and got another sample of it and it came in at 36 retained on spring barley. We were utterly desperate here. It was like if we'd have been, you'd have felt differently. But today, the 29th of July, which I'll just add to all you farmers out there, this is three weeks early and it's nuts. Why you can't wait until you're supposed to cut it, I don't know. But anyway, the dynamic of today is every load that's coming in, all of a sudden the nitrogens are beginning to come into the right place. And yeah, I must admit, optimism is creeping in. Yes, no, absolutely. I think we've seen a good range of nitrogens. We're looking for some lows. For some particular customers, we want some higher nitrogens as well. But critically, if we've got good grain size, then it should make good malt. Yeah, and it must have been literally the rain that happened because we've we've got the example of the guy who had the low stuff I mentioned a minute ago. You know, one mile away, we've got someone on equally or probably even lighter land, and the sample of that was a good retention versus a terrible retention. It was down to, it must have been, specific rains at a very critical moment. I think the bulk of Norfolk got that at the right time. What about Suffolk? Have you, what's, what are Barley's like down there? Generally, what we've heard about so far has been very similar, I think. You know, we've been lucky with those small rain events which have just come at the right time, which have enabled the crop to pull through. 
but we haven't seen enough yet to get a good view, but the early indications seem to be quite positive. Okay, and yields, I think, are okay. I mean, they're not, they're certainly not smashing any records, but they're not hideously bad because those kilo weights are good. So we kind of, we think we're going to come up with enough, don't we, in Norfolk anyway, in Suffolk? Yes, I think so. The rest of the country looks a hell of a lot better, doesn't it? We're kind of the poor boys this time. Well, yes, I suppose so, but we've yet to see the full picture. But certainly what we're hearing from other areas, again, grain quality looks good. And if we get a better acceptance percentage, then that really helps the malting barley availability of good quality and, and what that means to the to the uninitiated and those of you who go to sleep listening to my podcast that acceptance means it actually passes the test and gets tipped in the bulk as malting barley as opposed to the <coughs> you failed on whatever screenings nitrogen you know whatever germination yep. yeah so with a bigger acceptance rate which you're right with this dry weather we should be better off in terms of supply absolutely we were discussing this a minute ago my only nerves have been this hot weather the very hot day because you know if you read your manuals as a malting barley store expert it says max temperature of grain 35 degrees and for 18 hours on the whatever day it was last week it was 39 to 40 degrees have you heard any problems on that have you seen any haven't heard any problems and i understand the theory i'm hoping that the reality of its in the general atmosphere and it's as opposed to being applied heat okay in a drier constrained environment i'm hoping that that won't be an issue not as much as i'm uh, hoping yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) because we have taken it in and we've done germination tests the uh, tetrazoleum and they've passed and they look really good but we've heard of someone up the road who's found some germination problems, which spooked the hell out of us. We thought we weren't doing it properly, but I'm waiting to hear. So if, if someone has heard that, then give us the feedback, or if there's something I should be looking for. But right now, the one benefit of this weather has been the most unbelievably dry, easy to manage, for a farmer's perspective, harvest with no drying charges. Absolutely. What a year to, for that to happen yeah, when energy joy. costs are yeah. at a significant premium. I mean, one interesting feature as a maltster will be to see how this barley malts. Yeah. And it could be more similar to an Australian-style barley where we see very fast uptake of water. And okay. actually, it, we have to modify our malting techniques to adapt to this different weather conditions. I think that's almost certain, that, isn't I, it? Yes, It will be another few weeks before we can put anything in, but we may well see early recovery from dormancy as well. Do you think? Well, that would be the normal thing that we would expect. Is a dream come true for the monster, wouldn't it? I mean, that's just, mind you, but everyone who's made the effort to store old crop through till, what do you, go to October? Yes, Yeah. yeah, typically. So new crop coming out. I know there's one monster who didn't have enough stock, who was relying in coming in early, so he might be lucky. Yeah, this is the year for it to happen. And, uh, you know, I'm sure people will be trying new yes. crop barley in September and just getting a cider to see how it performs. But we may well be, I think, as you said, we will be looking to adapt our process to get the best out of each crop year. And that's what we do every year. But it will be new territory yeah, for yeah. some people this year. Well, yeah, trial and error until you get the right mi- the right ingredients or the right procedure. So, I mean, back to the higher acceptance. When I went up to Scotland earlier on, about four or five weeks ago, I said it was a monster crop. 
obviously it's still not in the barn and it's raining today up there so you know it may well not be a monster crop yet but it looks like it's going to be a very big spring barley crop if we get a higher acceptance rate and those yields are meeting their potential that gives us a surplus in the uk where is that surplus and mainly in the south of england because scotland's getting a bit tight now isn't it it's getting a even sort of s and d figures it is and we'll see new malting capacity coming on stream from this crop so the planted in Inverness will come on stream I think in the last quarter of this year mm-hmm. and so there will be additional demand in Scotland if it is a monster crop then there still could be a little bit of export availability mm. some of it may rely on the storage which has undergone a, some turbulent changes yeah. but I think yes the main exportable surplus will still be in the south of England and that could be reasonably significant. Yeah, because I mean, in the end, it's thirty quid to haul it now, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Oh, I, export is discount to the domestic market because of it, really, because of the extra haulage costs. So it's still going to be well. The fob values are in excess of three hundred or around the three hundred mark. There's lots of costs to come off that, but it's still a really high price for malting barley, isn't it? Yeah. So the south will be stuffing it out left, right, and centre. All of our stuff will go domestically. And then it's whether or how much extra there is up north. And Europe itself, I mean, France has allegedly, you know, I've been famously saying it's had a tough time with the heat. Did it hit the barley hard? Not a great deal. No, not to a great impact. I think they've got a similar position to England in that grain size is good. Yields are average to some a little bit better than average, some a little bit worse. But I think the protein level is very usable. So France should be in good condition. I think the inland transportation could be challenging in terms of the barge transport and the movement because a lot of nearby consumption relies on the French barley harvest and moving that barley to the point of consumption could be challenging. Yeah, the the rivers are low. With the rivers being low. And the other option, of course, is... Denmark, which has still got another 10 days or so to go, I believe. Which again looks promising, doesn't <clears> it? But again looks very promising with a high proportion of malting varieties in the ground. Yeah. And then if that all comes good, then there should be some replenishment of the total European S&D, which gonna, has been under a, quite a challenge over the last couple of years. Is that going to smack the prices? Are you, gonna do, are you doing your job here? Like Well... <laughs> <laughs> It's always helpful to have a slight reduction, isn't it? But no, I think the premiums are high for a reason. Yeah. And that's because there has been a shortage of malting quality over the last couple of years. The supply chain does need to replenish. Mm. And therefore, there could be some pressure on the malting premium. But I can't really see that dropping off a whole stack. Certainly, if there's low nitrogen spring barley available, we'll be keen to stick it into store but you know we've made commitment to do that and as i was saying to you in order to do that the difference between harvest and november needs to be 30 pounds a ton because it costs a large amount of haulage to get it in a large amount to now pay the store for their facilities and then massive haulage out again and a lot of farmers kind of think oh you know that's a big jump that's a lot of money yeah what's the optic price and you only pay me this well just think about that one you know i've had a couple of little barbed comments on that and it's like get real about how much all of these things cost yep i'm just grateful there's no drying charges because we don't declare to people how big they were (laughs) absolutely susan it is a real treat for a merchant not to have to pay or charge people for drying believe me it's just the hassle and happiness is increased just get that one in there back to the supply side of things you know we've got canada looks okay again this year doesn't it it's that's replenishing yep. australia that's okay isn't it with early days for that early days planted 
as I understand, and good rainfall in a lot of the growing regions. Yeah. Some very Sydney. high rainfall, particularly around the Sydney region, but yeah. not in the main growing no. regions. But as I understand it, good moisture in the soil, good establishment and quite reasonable potential. I think the plantings in Western Australia of barley are down mm-hmm. relative to last year, which was a big year. So a bit more wheat going in the ground, but overall they will be a big supplier mm-hmm. globally. And I mean, the only other trouble spot is South America, which isn't, you know, what influences have on barley. It's not as big as the wheat, is it? There's probably no, Argentina. not as big as the wheat. But although the Argentinian surplus is very important to the mm. malting barley balance in South America. Yeah. And there is very significant demand in Brazil, which is the largest beer market by a long way in South America. And that is going well, as I understand it. So the demand is quite strong. Mm-hmm. And if Argentinian isn't available in the quantities it has been, then that will have a knock-on impact to other regions. So that could be additional demand from Europe, and it could well be additional demand from Australia. I mean, on top of that, we've now got the phenomena of energy, haven't we? And in particular, the volume of maltings and brewing in Germany and their issues with gas. That's got to become an influence, hasn't it? You know, if they get to the point, okay, is it a vital product? Yep. Now, probably they'd argue... Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Utterly vital. So they may well get away with continuity, but it's a very high gas usage product, isn't it? Drying down barley from very wet to dry to get it in that process. You know, is that going to impede? I suppose it depends on the, each individual country's gas supply, doesn't it? Or yep. fuel supply. Yep. Do you see a benefit coming to the UK for that? Yes, that in some that. ways. Hopefully, we won't be as immediately impacted by. A shortage of gas supply but we have to expect as an industry a knock-on impact mm. so if gas is rationed in continental Europe then that will have an impact in the UK I think. I understand that some continental maltsters have been shifting to oil generally all have an oil backup which has been in place for probably 30 years when we converted to gas and that will become an option. Yeah. And maybe people will take that up. But certainly on the way up here this morning, I was hearing about ABI in the UK. And one of their major cost pressures is energy, not just in their own operations, but really in the packaging. And certainly for the other, apart from malting, if we look at the beer supply chain, then the supply of glass bottles, really intensive gas usage. And the cost of that will be very significant for packaging. Plastic bottles? Well, that's not very. That's not really user friendly in this modern world of greenness. No, aluminium. Aluminium that also has its own cost pressures and availability. Yeah, and so, down the odd Audi. Yeah, yeah. So I think the consumer could reasonably expect that beer prices will rise, whether that's in the on trade or in the off trade. And it's not just going to be a cost a matter in the on trade where we all know that costs for pubs are going up, but even in the off trade, then packaging costs are going to be a major influence. On the gas, we're literally right next door to the mains as it goes past down the stroke road here. So we, we converted to gas, and the old gas tank from 1981 was past it, so we took it out. And all, yeah, it was a real pain to take away. We're actually now replacing that with a new oil tank to give us that option, because I can see there being a harvest where we won't get gas. Great credit to the chairman of Alsham Grain for that decision-making process because, you know, he said, what if the gas runs out? 
we need to have another option. So we're going to get some dual burners so you can convert one to the other and then just switch if you have to, which is great. Little things like that, which won't impact this year because we aren't trying. Well, we have, we've been tuning down the winters down to 12% for the, the contracts we got, but largely... We're not going to use the dryer in any anger on any of the other commodities, and it isn't really that relevant. But in a year in the future, if we had a year like last year, and we suddenly couldn't get gas, the grain would go off. We would yes. be in an utter, hideous yep. muddle. It's critical to have a contingency plan yeah. and to be able to execute it, to be able to operate yeah. with an alternative fuel. Yeah, it's so going to be really important. If someone hasn't had that idea and they've got a grain store they're running, then, you know, copy us. Maybe we should have thought of it before. I mean, we kind of took the alternative away thinking gas is here forever. But no, we're switching back. Anyway, right, Adrian, I'm very conscious that I've, I've nicked you off the street, literally. So I, and, <laughs> Great I'm, pleasure, I'm, Andrew. I'm on the deadline of my getting the podcast in. So I was so pleased to hear you come out. I thought, right, I'll get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'd love to really talk for a lot longer, but both of us have got like the world uh, things to do. So, you know, I'll come back to you another day, Adrian, if you don't mind. Absolutely, we'll no problem. chat about something else when you're really prepped and you'll come out with, um, not that you, you actually nailed it pretty well anyway, to be fair. So Adrian Deiter of Munton's PLC, thank you very much. Come thank in. you, Andrew. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.